Boom, there it is, ladies and gentlemen. This one's for all those working moms out there. You think you got a, a tough gig being a mom? Yes, you do, but you can be a little bit better if you if you so choose to. And we're going to learn how to do that here on today's episode. So let's get this one on the road. Here we go. Shut up and sit down. Look, a business can give you everything you want in life. Prestige, wealth, freedom. It can also take everything away from you. This show is for those who are willing to take that risk. These are the real life stories of entrepreneurs. But before we start, I have one small favor to ask. Please leave a comment. It can be advice, critiques, tips, feedback, or share this with someone because your engagement is the most valuable and most powerful form of social currency. So thank you and welcome to another episode of Business Bros. All right, ladies and gents, on today's episode of the Business Bros, we're taking a closer look at the world of e-commerce. But before you jump into it and start your own online store, we've got a fresh perspective for you. Our guest has a unique approach to maximizing profit margins and lowering overhead costs without sacrificing your time and energy. So get ready to challenge the norm and hear about unconventional methods for generating multiple income streams. And for all the moms out there, our guest is dedicated to helping female entrepreneurs strike balance between their business and and their families. So sit back, grab a pen and paper, and let's welcome to the show, Miss Rachel Inga. Now the party is officially started. Welcome to the show, Rachel. Hey, oh my gosh, that was so fun. I love it. <laughs> I, I I pride myself in uh, putting a smile on my guest face and having a good time, because if you're not having a good time when you're on a podcast, why are you here? Exactly. Yeah. For sure. <laughs> all right. Let's jump into this e-commerce. It's all the rave right now. It's actually one of the next investments I'm looking into getting into yeah. uh, just because it's, it, it's more common. I have more packages being delivered to my house than what I go out and buy when I go to the store these days. So what's this fresh perspective? How'd you get into this space and what's your outlook on it? My outlook is actually not to do it. Um, so I, I've, we have multiple income streams between my husband and I and in this business. And my whole thing is how can you work smarter, not harder? And so there's um, out of all the income streams that you can possibly doing, the thing that I don't want to have to do is worry about inventory um, and actually like having to be in the grind. I want to be able to create things that have time leverage so I don't have to trade time for money. Um, so I actually don't recommend it. Uh <laughs> I, well, okay. So now you're gonna you're gonna throw a wrench in my thoughts. Sorry. Here. Here's here's the thing though. Right behind you, you got a two comma club award. So yes. whatever you have to say has some legitimacy here. You've yes. actually made sales. Okay. So if don't do it is your answer, what is your answer? Yeah. So there are three ways that I think you should really focus on monetizing online. First way is online courses. So that's from one of our online courses that we've supported over 3000 students. Um, you create it and then you sell it over and over and over again, right? You don't have to be trading time for money. It's literally one thing. Um, that course that produces millions of dollars for us takes about 20 minutes a week of my time. Um, like it's, pretty cool. Other way to leverage your offers is through some kind of group coaching offer. So that's another offer of ours that has done well over a million dollars. Um, and that requires about four to five hours a month of my time. Um, the way that we have it set up is we have a head coach within the program. We have other coaches in the program, other experts that are supporting our students. That way I just show up three times a month to give them extra coaching, extra support. But other than that, my focus is more so on fulfillment. And then we have the coaches in place to really 
take over that program. And then third offer would be affiliate sales, because if you're focused on building an email list, that's one of the core things that I teach is building an email list of people that can then buy from you. Um, it's just kind of like a no brainer. As long as you're building that know, like, and trust with your audience, if you have something that you can legitimately recommend to them, that's going to add value to their life. It's no extra work really from you. You don't have to worry about creating the offer or anything like that. You just focus on building the audience and nurturing your audience. I love it. All three of those things are scalable. You literally yes. are doing what every mom wants to do is generate income and then allow you to use your time for what you want to do, not what you have to do. Yes. Well, let's break some of these down then because, okay, courses, group coaching, affiliate marketing, I mean, all of it sounds great and easy. It's not so easy because everybody tries it. Not everybody is successful at it. Let's start yeah. with, with courses. Yeah. What's something that you guys do that's different when setting up a course? Is it like using Kajabi? Is it using some particular place? Doesn't wow. matter about any of that. So I was actually talking to somebody this week and she goes, I've invested $10,000 in like the production of my course. And I'm like, okay, awesome. How many have you sold? And she goes, nothing. And I'm like, huh, do you know how much I invested in creating my course? I'm like, nothing. I literally like created it on my laptop with like a little microphone. Like that's it. Um, so the biggest thing is having the discipline to stick with that one offer and just making incremental tweaks to it to make it better and better and better. Um, and it's not so much like the course itself incrementally making it better. It's more so the marketing around the course. So we have one webinar that we've been doing for literally like five years and we've just been making it better and better and better. Now, like the webinar itself can run without me making tweaks to it over the past probably year and a half, two years. But for like over three years, I was making it better and better and better every time that I did it. And so I was looking at, all right, we need to look at the show up rate, making sure we have the show up rate. How can we optimize that? How can we make sure we're getting 30% of people to show up? So we really dialed that down. Then we looked at, okay, the webinar itself, what do we need to do here? Okay. People aren't buying on live. Can we offer a 15 minute bonus that so they have to buy in the next 15 minutes? Okay. People aren't buying after the webinar, what can we tweak in that follow-up sequence to make sure that people buy? Um, different bonuses that we've offered, how I um, articulate the bonuses. So like calling them something different, changing the way the messaging around it. So a lot of people don't have the discipline to stick with one offer long-term and they think, oh, that didn't sell the way I wanted to. I need to go create a new offer. When in reality, it's like these little incremental shifts that you can do to make that one offer awesome. That sounds like uh, you read and implemented expert secrets. It's right there. It's next to me. <laughs> I'm like, Russell Brunson told me not to do another course until that one makes a million dollars. I want to be a good student. That's exactly right. Okay. So tell me about the, the, the course itself, because I think a lot yeah. of people suffer from that analysis of paralysis. Like yeah. my course isn't good enough. I got to go back and change it. I wrote a podcast course, uh, how to start a podcast in 2020. And yeah. mind you, the technology has changed a little bit. The approach has changed. Uh, when I wrote that, I was probably maybe three or 400 episodes in You're episode 1100. So wow. a lot has changed in my process and the way I do things. Are you going back and constantly revamping this course or are you just focusing on how do I get people into my top end funnel and work them all the way through into the course? Yeah. So the course is around Pinterest marketing. And so clearly sometimes Pinterest changes. So I try to make the course as 
generic as possible with regards to like, these are the basics of Pinterest. And then like, I have um, like documents within the course with screenshots so they can kind of follow through. So that way, if something changes, I can change the screenshot. And then the videos, I make them short and sweet. So that way, if like Pinterest changes the, like the, just the user phase or whatever, um, I only have to record a five minute video as opposed to an hour long video. Um, and then anytime it changes, we do go in and update it. But that's probably like six months to a year. It's not all the time. And then the other thing that we do is we have a Pinterest expert that does, um, she kind of manages all the students within that program. So she does live Q and A for them twice per month. So if they go through the program, they're like, okay, I still have a question. She's there to, to support them with that. So it's kind of like a DIY course, but it's a live component to it because we want to help our students have results and help them succeed. So we kind of have the DIY with the live component as well. What about the price point? Um, I've seen courses as low as like seven bucks. Come take my course, a flat fee, a recurring fee. Uh, what do you What do you think works for selling some of these courses? Because I'd imagine you want people to stick around. You like the recurring revenue. Is yeah. that kind of the model you're going with? So my goal is to be profitable on the front end. So what we do is the course is $4.97 and then we have a $47 upsell, a $97 upsell, a $97 upsell and a $297 upsell. So average cart value can get up to over $1,000 per person that enrolls in that program. But our goal is literally, can we break even or be profitable with it? We're profitable. We're profiting probably like 40 grand a month with it the way we are right now. Um, and then our goal is more so back end. So we offer free strategy calls for all of our students that enroll into the program. And then we have a 10K offer. We have a 27K offer. And that's what has been the big game changer is not necessarily focusing on making the webinar like the most profitable thing in our business. It's more of the entryway for us that then we can then upsell into our other coaching programs. All right. And that goes into your group coaching calls, which is the next yes. aspect of it. So I'd imagine you started with the basic course. You got really good at getting people to show up to the webinar and enroll yes. in this course. Because yes. once you got them, once you have their attention, once you got their name, email, and phone number, you started to add them to a list. Now you can start doing the upsell stuff. And this is where the group coaching comes in. So yep. walk me through that process. So I'm excited. I got my program. I'm ready to launch. I've got people in my course. Yeah. How do I create that next upsell? Yeah. So it literally went from me just listening to my people. So as, so when I launched pin with purpose for the first couple times, I did it as a group aspect over the course of six weeks. So I was very like connected with my students over the course of six weeks. Every week we do a coaching call and I just listened to them of what they were working on, what they needed. And so many of them after the course of the, that six weeks, they were like, but Rachel, how did you do this? Like, how did you get the marketing and the webinar and like all this stuff? And so the next level program activate was born out of my students saying what's the next step for us based off of what we just learned here and so it was just a matter of listening to them and then giving them what they wanted what a novel idea i mean, know you actually paid i'm not i'm not customers. brilliant i swear <laughs> i'm really not like the sharpest tool in the toolbox i just listened and then i'm like let's go so so the, that's where the upsells came in and yeah. at first i'd imagine you're doing all the coaching calls right at what yes. point does it become now I need to bring in somebody else as an expert? And what yeah. was that like? I mean, I would imagine when you bring in somebody from the outside, they're never going to work as hard as you. They're not going to be as dedicated as you. So what was that process like to bring aboard somebody so you can kind of start to step away a little? 
So it was really interesting is all the coaches that we have in the, within the program have actually gone through the program. So they mm. went through it and they fell in love with like our community and our company, and they just wanted to be a part of it. And so um, I was actually creating a goals board and I was teaching how to use Trello for your business. And I was sharing my goals board. And one of my students saw my goal was to have activate scale with a coach and like other coaches in the program. She immediately messaged me like, can I be that coach? Can I do this with you, Rachel? I was like, sure. And so that's kind of how it started of her stepping in as the head coach and then seeing who was really excelling in the program, who naturally was taking on a leadership role of like coaching the other students. And those are the people as they were finishing up the program, we reached out to them like, hey, do you want to be a coach within this program? And then Helen went in and started training them. And that's kind of how it evolved. <laughs> well, let me ask you the, the, the dollar question. Um, because when businesses start to bring on employees, they're mm -hmm. like, do I pay them hourly? Do I pay them commission? Do I pay them salary plus bonus? Like, yeah. how do you how did you decide to structure it? Um, did you try a couple ways where one maybe was successful or not successful and you kind of modify it as you went through? Yeah. So what I did is I created a deal with her of, I'm going to pay you $2,000 a month flat fee, and then I'll coach you because she had her own business. And so she was part-time within the company. And so coaching with me is $2,700 a month. So I'm like, essentially you're getting like this much. Um, so that is how it worked for, I would say over two years. And then this past couple months is when we kind of noticed a pain point of we need someone in that role full time. Um, so we're actually hiring a director of client experiences that we're going to bring on as a full time employee. But as it started, it was kind of my whole thing is take messy action and then you figure it out. So I was like, all right, we're going to hire her, bring her on. She's doing great. And it worked until we're like, no, we really need someone full time that can dedicate to this role. So that's kind of where we're at now. And of course, it only started to happen when your funnel was actually working, when you yeah. had the conversions that you were looking for that were going into the course on a consistent basis, right? Yes. Yep. Yeah, exactly. That, that makes a big difference. Otherwise, it's it's kind of tough to kind of take a gamble on bringing somebody on and then they're expecting that check. All right. So let's let's talk a little bit about your, your building your email list, right? So yes. you got your course, you got people that are enrolling, you know, you got, you said somewhere around 30% that are showing up, but that's 70% that registered, which is, means you're at least building that email list. What are you doing with that and how valuable is it to you? Email list is the most valuable thing in my business. I hate social media. I actually deleted all the social media apps from my phone, so I'm not doing anything there. I have someone on my team that posts like our podcast and repurposes stuff and creates content, but I'm like, I don't want, no. I've had an online business for 10 years plus. Um, I've done the whole document your life and all that crap and I don't want to do it. Um, I just want to live my life. Uh, so I'm like, I get to build my email list and text message list. So when we're getting registrants for the webinar, we're also getting phone numbers as well. So we do text message marketing as well. Um, my email list is the most valuable thing in my business. So I am emailing our people at least two to three times a week, if not more. And the things that I'm emailing, it's more about connection and adding value, not necessarily making the sale, although that's a part of it. I'm really focused on how can I connect with my people. And so some of the emails that I've sent are emails that are really vulnerable that I don't necessarily want to send to my people. But um, I'm a Christian and I'm really strong in my faith. And I spend time in that prayer closet behind me every morning. And there are times where God's like, you have to write this email. And I'm like, no, 
I don't want to. And I'll literally get out of there and write an email and I'll be like in tears because it's so like emotionally triggering for me and really vulnerable. And that will be what I send to my email list. And those are the emails that I have the most responses that I connect with my audience the most is the ones that are the ones that are a little uncomfortable and vulnerable. Um, but it just develops that deep connection with my people. So you, you're speaking to it already, and I kind of want to emphasize that you're in sales. And yeah. even though those emails that are going now are not necessarily sales emails, they're, trans, they're, they're, they're converting into sales emails, but you're yeah. not selling, you're connecting. Yes. Um, you know, what, what do you tell people when they're, when they're getting started? And then like, for example, I know when I send out emails, I lack the connection. Now when you're explaining it the way I'm, I'm hearing it from you, I'm like, mm -hmm. no, mine are like, let me show you something really cool. And then yeah. would you like to know more? It's, I feel like it's almost, I am bringing value, but it's not connection. Yeah. Um, how do you, how do you distinguish the two? And, and you don't have social media. So this is how you're connecting with your people. 100%. Do they buy from you because they love you and love your story and what you're doing? Yes. Yeah. People get really bought into like who I am and what our company is all about even people that like want to work for us so someone that wanted to work with me she was like really pursuing me like Rachel I have to work for you in your company because of what we stand for um and we stand for making an impact like our company she's making an impact um so yeah it's more so like when people get on the phone and they've been in our community they've been on our email list for a little bit they're they know who I am they already feel a connection to me and then the sale is a lot easier like you don't have to sell right because they're already bought into what we do what's it like when you meet some of them in person whether you least expect it at some you know you're at Walmart or something some yeah. place out and about and they're like oh my god it's Rachel what's that like Oh my gosh. That actually hasn't happened in a while. Cause I feel like I don't leave the house enough. Cause I do like Instacart <laughs> and like all that stuff. Um, I leave the house to like pick up the kids, but it did happen at the grocery store and it was just, like a really wild experience. And she wanted to give me this big hug. And I'm like, you're so sweet. Like it's kind of surreal that you're able to build that connection without actually knowing them. So it's really cool. And they come up to you and they're like, Hey, you made a difference in my life or something like that. That's always a good feeling. And it's, it, yeah, it's definitely a good feeling when you are receiving the vulnerability from somebody else yes. versus giving it, right? Yeah. So one of the things that I do is I try to build that sense of community. So one of the, the emails that I shared is how I did a five-day water fast last year. And during that five-day water fast, I was praying for healing over an injury that I've had for 16 years to my rib cage. And it was during that five-day water fast that God led me to my surgeon. And I was able to get surgery five months ago. And I've been so much better ever since. Like, it has been such a big game changer. I'm so grateful. Because um, last year, I was literally like on the couch, couldn't do anything, couldn't really play with my kids. It was rough. Um, so I shared that with my audience of that experience of what it was like and what happened during the five day water fast. And so I'm doing another one right now. I'm actually just wrapping up day four right now. I invited them to do it with me. And so I'm not necessarily doing all business stuff with them. I'm more building community. So now I've got this group of women that are doing a five day water fast with me and I get to lead them through that experience. So you see, like, it's not just business, business by my thing. It's more community, community. Let's work together. Let's impact together. I've led Bible studies for my community as well. So I'm really focused on that aspect of it. And this is where the loyalty comes in. This is why they're not going to go anywhere. This is yeah. why they're going to come back to you. This is why the upsells are so much easier. Mm -hmm. It's because they're your community. They're not your customers per se, yeah. right? Yep. Absolutely. Yeah. That makes 
that makes a huge, huge difference. Okay, so you start a coaching program or courses and you start filling that up. You move into the group coaching, which is some of those upsells. Now you have this massive email list. I'm assuming that's where you start working into the affiliates, right? Yeah, so literally it's because they already have that know, like, and trust factor. If I recommend something, it's that much easier to be able for them to buy it, right? Um, So it's literally just a matter of you have the email list, add value around this topic. So like I'm going into an affiliate launch for my friend, Christina, our offers are so complimentary. And because we have a deep relationship, I've known her for years and I know what she does is really powerful. It's really easy for me to recommend it to my people. So when I do, there's a buy-in there. Like they, they trust me. I trust Christina. It's a no brainer offer that we're going to create and add different bonuses to it. So we're going to crush it. Right. Yeah. That's, and that's how it works. I, yeah. I love it. Cause it, it, I was thinking of your water fast, for example, yeah. if you were, if, it, if there was a particular um, course that was, that was involved in that, I was thinking what product it does just water, but if you, you were can't make this- money with fasting, which is why there's like no research on it. I'm like, fasting is such a powerful healing tool, but there's no money in the research. Right. So yeah, yeah, that's something we could have a whole conversation on, man. Yeah, I was thinking about that. I was like, I, I, I pulled it as an experience. I was like, yeah, because if you pull your company together, or, you know, your 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 community together, and you do yeah. a water fast. Wait a minute, that's just water. There's no money else. There. Nothing. There's no money there. Nothing. But assuming yeah. you do something else, right? You yeah, go yeah. on this particular event, or you're trying this new product. You're yeah. sharing your experiences with your community, and yeah. that's where the affiliate links start becoming more powerful. Yep, absolutely. Yeah, it's just literally sharing sharing different aspects of you, right? So like we lived in France for a couple of years. I'm hosting a retreat in France this year for my people. This is the first time we've done it. And it's really cool because I can share with them like my pictures of what we were doing. And like, I get to take you to my place of where I lived and what I experienced. And I get to take them on the journey. And then we get to do a little business, but we also get to do a little fun too. Um, So that's part of like bringing it all together. Plus, I know there's a lot of moms out there that are very hesitant about having their kids become any sort of online anything, right? Whether it's YouTube or having their own Instagrams and TikToks and stuff. And the cool thing about how you're approaching your business is you have 100% control over what your community sees and learns about you. And when when it comes to your family, when it comes to your kids, when it comes to your experiences, whatever it's going to be. So if you have new moms that are out here and they're struggling just to get their kids fed, dressed in diapers and ready to go. And they're like, I have zero time to get started. Rachel, how would I even start this thing? How would they, what would you say? Pick one area that you want to be adding value in, in terms of content creation. So it could be like a podcast. Um, It could be like a blog with Pinterest driving traffic to it. It could look like a YouTube channel. And those are the three that I recommend just because those are the search engine platforms that will live on um, beyond creating content. So that's why I like, I hate Instagram, like all the other things, because it's like you create it and it disappears. Right. So I want my content. Like I have Dude, my Pinterest account still drives traffic to a blog that I haven't touched in over five years. Like it is insanity. It is so cool to see that. Uh, So the number one thing would be like start creating content that is long, like content that's going to be adding value to your people and helping you build your email list. Every piece of content, have a call to action where they can get on your email list. You can start 
building that. Um, the other thing would be see how can how you can leverage other people's audiences to help you grow your email list quickly. So we've done like online summits called the Smarter Income Stream, where we bring in other experts that we're sharing on our own expertise, and they they email their audience to our opt-in so that we we build our email list quickly. Um, so that's one of the things I do with my students as well. Um, and then once you're building your email list, you're adding value, you're creating the content. That's when you can start looking at creating a program. Um, we pre-sell our stuff. So that way you're seeing, is there a need in the marketplace for this? Um, so we just pre-sold a program, Success Without Stress. And it was, we get people in the door, then we create it with them. And that way, you know, there's a need for it. So you're not wasting a ton of your time and energy on creating something that nobody buys. And then you can kind of tweak it as it goes because you might be over teaching um, to your audience. So that's another big thing. Um, and then continue to stay top of mind with your people. So one of my superpowers is consistency. So I have not missed an email to my list. And like we email our list every week. We upload a podcast episode every week. I have not missed in over five years. Like consistency really is my superpower. Um, so it really is just looking at what's my form of content creation. What am I going to be doing? I need to stay in contact with my people and do it over and over and over again. Even when you feel like nobody's watching, nobody's listening, they are, they're probably just lurking to make sure you're going to stick around. And then when you make an offer, they're going to be that much more likely to buy because they trust that you're actually going to show up and do what you say you're going to do. Yeah, I heard it said before, when, especially when you're starting to create a con uh, any type of content. Podcasts, for example, is what we help people do. Uh, you start off being invisible. You yeah. have some sort of content. You become visible. You show up consistently. You become credible. And that will lead to the profitability that you're looking for. So yep. it's just a matter of consistently showing up. How? What have, has your experience been like? in the podcast space. I'm yeah. curious because for me, it's been a drastic change. I started because I thought, you know, oh, I'm going to start this podcast. I'll be the next Joe Rogan. And now everything will be awesome once I get to a thousand episodes. It didn't pan out that way, but it has drastically changed my life. And I'm wondering what has it done for you? One of the coolest things about having the podcast, um, one is I just get to have a conversation with my people. So like, it's a really intimate form of connection and building community that way. Um, and I can do like a simple call to action. Like one of my calls to action was like, Hey, I'm, I'm launching this mastermind. If you want more info, just DM me and I'll give a little info about it in the podcast. I had someone DM me and then it was like a 27 K pay in full offer just from someone that was listening to the podcast. Right. Um, the other awesome thing is the ability to connect with other influencers that I might not have had the chance if I didn't have the podcast. And so like having Dean Graziosi on the show, that was really cool. Like having, um, like really, successful people that I'm like, oh, this is so cool. Um, that if I didn't have the show and have the audience, I wouldn't have had the opportunity. Um, so the relationship building that it has created has been really cool. Oh, yes. I always, uh, I, I relate it to like the matrix. Every time, yeah. every time I have somebody, some expert on the show, like yourself, for example, I just get to plug into the matrix and I, now I know Kung Fu, like right away, it's yeah. something new. Right. And, and yeah. that's, that's, I mean, being able to speak to Dean or think about like any author that you're really looking for, Russell, for example, yeah. you can read the book, you can watch his YouTube, but to be able to ask them a specific question that relates yeah. to what you're doing, that's priceless. There's no, totally. no, there's nothing that can beat that. Right. 
hundred percent. So I had like Mel Abraham on the show. Uh, he's like financial guru, super smart dude. Um, does work with like Brendan Bouchard, like all this stuff. And so I read his book. I've gone through all of this stuff, but I was like, when I was asking him questions for the podcast, I was asking him stuff for my audience, but I was like, selfishly, I had questions for myself too. I'm like, so that we're like, what would you do in this situation? I'm like, oh, this is great. This is awesome. Yeah, yeah. I mean, my brother was uh, starting a show. Uh, he called it the Insurance Bro Show. He started another one, practicing polyamory. He he basically what he said was, you know, he interviewed a bunch of therapists, and he's like, I spent a year going through ter- therapy, and it was like free therapy because I got, like got to ask these people for a little bit of help on whatever these things were. And that's exactly for me. That's the the biggest thing about interviewing different people. You build your network. You also add to your email list. You have that massive audience of people that are listening to what it is that you're that you're talking about because they're connecting with you and it's it's a win plus I, I feel like my messaging and my my story gets that much clearer because i'm constantly talking over and over and over again i don't have any fear of jumping on the stage or getting behind a microphone anymore like i yeah. did prior to that 100 percent. yeah because i had someone i was just doing a challenge last week and she's like do you have a speaking like a public speaking program that i can go through because you're so well spoken and i'm like if you only knew like how much I hated <laughs> public speaking, how like terrified I was about getting in front of people. But I'm like, it just gives you the practice because you I've done like well over a thousand videos and podcasts and all of that over the course of you know having this career. And so it's just a matter of you do it. You're maybe uncomfortable the first couple of times, but then you keep doing it and you get better. Yes. And for those of you who are out there, like, I don't like the sound of my voice and I don't like the way I look on camera. You get used to that. Believe me. It's just, I still don't like it though. I still don't, <laughs> I still don't like it though. Cause my social media manager, Lizzie, she kind of jokes that she was doing a training for our people and she played part of our podcast and she was like, "Uh Oh, Rachel doesn't like to hear herself. And I was like, it's fine. <laughs> Go for it. No problem. I know. I get that feeling. Okay. So yeah. I, I don't mind listening to myself. Like at the beginning, I, I would hear myself, but if there's somebody else in the room or somebody else is playing me, hmm. that sounds weird to me. I'm like, Oh, awkward. that's a, a, a little cringe on the corner. Right? It's definitely yeah, a little a awkward. All right, Rachel, before we head out, of course, our audience is connecting with you. You got some great stuff. And the way you describe your business model makes total sense. If people want to reach out to you, find your podcast information, connect with you. How can they do that? Yeah. So it's the, she's making an impact podcast. She's making an impact on Instagram. And then if you want to dive into some of our Pinterest stuff, you can just go to freepinclass.com and then you can come check that out for free. Awesome. Rachel, you are amazing. I love your vibe, your energy. You're doing a great job with your building your community. I took some notes myself. I'm like, okay, I need to make some changes over here. Um, We've been doing podcasts for some time. And I always ask my guests at the end of the show, what was your experience like on the business bros? Oh, super fun. I love your energy and just being here. Like you made me laugh and the intro, like it was all, it was fun. I liked it. (laughs) Good, good. That's the experience that we want to give. All right, ladies and gentlemen, especially for you moms out there, you don't have time. You want to change your life. You want some of this freedom that you're looking for. Rachel literally laid out a plan for you. Just listen to this episode one more time. Start from the beginning. And like she said, don't give up on your offer. You can make it better. Just improve it a little bit at a time. You can go to her website, actually on social, even though she says she's not technically on social. She'll get back to you there. I will. She's making an impact. And she's making an impact. You can find her podcast there as well. Rachel, thank you very much for being on the show today. Ladies and gentlemen, we'll catch you guys on the next one. Peace. And we're out. It's over. Go home. Is your business in need of marketing? Try starting a podcast. But not just any podcast. Podcast like a pro. 
we can show you how to take your business from being invisible to becoming a brand people trust. Go to www.businessbros.biz to get started today.